Well, so the first thing I want to do is, is ask the panel here, what were you doing when you heard? Do you remember? For me, this was a 9-11 moment. It, it truly was. I'm telling you the truth, and you're just going to have to take my word for this. I am pretty calm, cool, and collected in, in emergency situations. I give all the credit to the Lord, but, but usually I don't do the whole panic thing. I had a hyperventilation moment <laughs> when I heard that he had passed away. I, if my brother would have been alive, I would have called him immediately. I texted Gavin immediately because I hadn't heard. I figured Gavin didn't know because I hadn't I heard anything. Right, I didn't know. Right. So it, it, it rocked my world simply because I know what it means to the Supreme Court situation and to the United States of America. What were you guys doing when you heard? So it was like a gut punch to me. When I said, you got to be kidding me. Right. Um, well, we've got yeah. Ruth Bader Ginsburg with one foot in the grave for two years now, and Anton Scalia passes away in sleep. My reaction, I was just driving in, and I just, like, with everything almost political, I was just like, oh. Oh, yeah, here we go. No, you know, Here we why? go. What about you? Well, I was at work, and I, I don't pretend to act like I watch a lot of news because I don't, nor am I abreast of a lot of right current affairs. But I was at work and I was like, wait a minute. That's one of the good ones, right? That's and one of the <laughs> yeah. and then that's that's just the general stand. panic of one. like, oh right. no. So and, and you know here's the thing. I, I I was going to Dollar General when I heard the news. So I I had my moment and I kind of gathered myself because you know I gotta go into Dollar General. So once again if you know me I'm not too shy. So I walked up to the lady to get my batteries. I was buying AA batteries for uh, Benjamin's uh, little, what do you call that, control for the Xbox. So very specific. Very, <laughs> very important trip to Dollar General. He's, he's laying the groundwork I for am. a good story here. So I pointed my finger, my preacher, you know, three-inch finger at this little girl checking me out, and I said, do you consider yourself a conservative? <laughs> she looked at me like, <gasps> you know, I'm going to fail this test. And I said, are you pro-life, you're pro-family? And she finally said, sure. <laughs> Which told me everything I needed to know. Yeah, yeah. And I said, do you know who Antonin Scalia is? And she looked at me and I was like, he's on the Supreme Court. And here's what you need to know, that now the sitting president will get to nominate the next nominee. And if it is probably who he will nominate. We should talk about that. It's going to be. It doesn't necessarily mean that. We're going to get there. It's that's going to be two. that's Save, segment two. Right, yeah. It's going to be bad for America, and this is her statement. And I want you to hear me. I'm not putting this young lady down one iota. I believe 75 percent of the nation is where this young lady is. She said, "I'm focused on my son right now." Yeah. And that was her reasoning and excuse, if you will, not to know this political situation. And I said, "Ma'am, I absolutely understand that." And then as I was walking out, my thought was, that is precisely why you need to know what's going on, because your son is going to grow up in a vastly different United States of America if we don't, as a nation, turn things around. So uh, basically what we want to do, guys, is take just a few moments to introduce you to Antonin Scalia. Uh, you can do what I did, which is simply uh, Google his name, and, and there will be, you can go as positive or as negative. But this is just a, a rundown of, of who he is and, and what he accomplished with no political agenda on either side. And, and we're, all I want to read to you, because I'm sure uh, Gavin's loaded here to share some things with you, uh, is, is what he did in the Supreme Court as a justice. Uh, he was considered to be one of the more prominent legal thinkers of his generation. He was also, uh, through his blunt, some would say, scathing dissents, it was also through those that he earned a reputation as combative and insulting, and yet to many who knew him personally, he was unpretentious, charming, and funny. One of his closest friends on the Supreme Court was Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, whose political views were vastly different from his own, that is to say the least, uh, like night and day. Uh, Justice Scalia adhered to the judicial philosophy of originalism, which holds that the Constitution should be interpreted in terms of what it meant to those who ratified it over two centuries ago. Anytime someone says that they believe that the Constitution is a living, breathing document, 
And I'm, I'm not saying this as hate. I'm saying this as a definition. That is a liberal approach to the Constitution. The Constitution is not a living, breathing document. It is, if you will, a dead document, meaning it means today what it meant back then. And that's extremely important. This was in direct conflict with the more commonly held view that the Constitution is a living document. I should have just kept reading. Allowing courts to take into account the views of contemporary society. In Justice Scalia's view, the Constitution was not supposed to facilitate change. That's huge. Yeah. But to impede change to citizens' basic fundamental rights and responsibilities. Justice Scalia abhorred judicial activism and believed the place for implementing change was in the legislature where the will of the people are represented. So we could keep going there. You can read someday for yourself. Uh, Gavin, uh, anybody yeah, just, got anything to add? add right on to Who that. the man is? His, uh, Gavin literally brought the book on. Yeah. He brought I the did, book. I did. Uh, so his uh, judicial philosophy was original meaning, <laughs> original meaning. Where David uh, Barton emphasizes original intent, um, Scalia differentiates himself from that in that anybody could have voted for a bill for any given intent. It's what it actually meant, why the law was, uh, what the law was read as at the time it was passed is what, what he um, focused on. And his focus was on co the, any law should be a derivative of the consent of the governed. Um, so, so the Declaration of Independence was the establishment of our country as a free, sovereign nation. And in the Declaration of Independence, we, uh, the, the complaint is that none of the laws were of the consent of the governed. And Scalia, I guess, basically hold, held that flag the entire time he sat on the bench. Um, so original meaning, he, he aboard the philosophy of a living document being a li living document um, and his scathing descents are hilarious to read um, and, and I, I can't remember a single sarcasm but he has a gift for sarcasm when it comes to this living document philosophy that he, the other jurists had. He actually has a record when you were talking about them saying how funny he was documented 77 times they had to stop a Supreme Court meeting because of his laughter. Because they would say some outlandish thing and he would just stop and laugh at them. And so, yeah, yeah 77 times on record, he stopped. Great sense of humor, yeah. a very jovial guy, very clear-minded. I was sick, physically sick, when I heard that he had passed away. There's some huge uh, decisions coming up for our country, and him dying at this time is... Well, I, I heard it was a stunning statement that said we are one vote away from criminalizing Christianity. And in many avenues, you can look deep into that. That's a, that's a very deep rabbit hole, but there's a lot of truth to that on decisions that can come down the pike that could be voted against our beliefs in the near future. And, and he always was a champion of religion being uh, inculcated and allowed to influence public life. Uh, he was a champion, folks. He was a, a champion of Christianity. Um, he's a Roman Catholic, uh, a by, Catholic. By, by faith and uh, a champion of American institutions and traditions. Nine children. Yeah, very, very <laughs> prolific man. Uh, hopefully one of those guys will sit on the, uh, gals, guys or gals will sit on the uh, Supreme Court someday. But uh, for instance, I, I don't want to, I've got you're, other you're things fair. that I want to quote here from Scalia. He, he was one of the dissenters on the, if you remember the Virginia Military Institute, um, where the first uh, woman candidate applied. And I, I, I'm just going to state my opinion, and you can crucify me later. I, I still believe that there are institutions that should be all male, and not to denigrate a woman, but to build up men, so, so to make honorable men. I think there is a place in society for us to have institutions that build and and develop men of character, of integrity, of honor, of courage, of, of things that we need for uh, leadership in, in every area of culture. And Scalia was too. He, he uh, I don't know how much of this I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a little section of one and then I'm gonna give Scalia's 
response to that. Do you, do you, That's why I said I'd help you tonight because I knew he'd be able to. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, 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 you're good. So I would you, have, you can, you can have this. Yes. Oh, I don't want the whole thing. I just want to give you a flavor of you what two minutes. He, he would say. All right, <laughs> I'm going to start reading. This is, uh, this is a book, booklet that all of the VMI uh, freshmen had to carry with them. It's a section from this. Kalia quotes this in his dissent on the decision. Um, he says, in an odd sort of way, it is precisely VMI's attachment to such old-fashioned concepts as a manly honor that made it and the system it represents the target of those who today, who today succeed in abolishing public, public single-sex education. The record, contains a book, the record contains a booklet that all first VMI, first-year VMI students, so-called rats, were required to keep in their possession at all times. Near the end of their appearance, um, the following periodic piece entitled The Code of a Gentleman is in this booklet. It says, without a strict observance of the fundamentals, fundamental code of honor, no man, no matter how polished, can be considered a gentleman. The honor of a gentleman demands the inviolability of his word and the incorruptibility of his principles. He is the descent of the knight, the crusader. The, he is the defender of the defenseless and the champion of justice, or he is not a gentleman. A gentleman does not discuss his family affairs in public or with acquaintances, does not speak more than casually about his girlfriend. That's just a sample of the, what's in that booklet. Now, Scalia's comment here um, says, I don't know whether the men of VMI lived by this code, perhaps not, but it is powerfully impressive that a public institution of higher education is still in existence sought to have them do so. I do not think any of us, women included, will be better off for its destruction. So that, those are the kinds of institutions and ideals that Scalia defended on the bench. Uh, and again, of course, that was a case that went, went against VMI, but um, that's the kind of man that he was and the character um, in constant defense of American traditions, American culture, and was an honorable man himself and gentleman. So he is going to be sorely felt, felt his absence is going to be sorely felt I don't know if you know how many people he's influenced. Ann Coulter, Laura Ingram, Mark Levin, all conservative people who clerked in his court. Uh, whether you agree with them or not, uh, they had a powerful influence on him. Rush Limbaugh uh, says that Scalia is his, his uh, uh, hero and, and would consider him a mentor. Um, so a very powerful, influential conservative mind. One of the things that Rush said yesterday um, was that when, when they got to know each other, one of the conversations was about the vote. You know, each case has a vote. And he said it blew him away when Scalia said, they just go in and vote. And Russia says, whoa, whoa, you, you don't argue? And he said, we're not going to change each other's minds. <laughs> <laughs> at this level. <laughs> right. At, at this level, it, it's, you know, it's us against them type thing. And they all understand that. And, and, and that's... Everybody in here has strong opinions, and they may even be different than the, the ones here in this panel. But Scalia had strong opinions, but yet he made a friend out of a person who completely disagrees with him in all those areas. They showed a lot of pictures of him at baseball games yeah. and all that with her. So. Yeah. They, they vacationed together, meaning the families, that him and his wife and her and her husband vacationed together. That says something about a person to be able to still vehemently disagree with someone on some extremely important matters and still be amicable to them. I, I don't have that gift very well. <laughs> I struggle with that. We out of time on this segment? We, we are, but plenty to come in the next segment, kind sure. of tying into that. Um, a few announcements, mainly surrounding the Easter Walk. So the Bethel Easter Walk will be, mark your calendars if you haven't already, March 18th and the 20th. So for the next pretty much every Saturday, if I'm correct, leading up into the Bethel Walk. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Um, they're going to have some work days. It's from 8.30 until lunch-ish time. So if you don't have anything going on the next four Saturdays, just come here. They'll find something for you to do. Pending, to speak with Dave Mails. Yes. Pending any, they don't burn something down. And if anybody has an extra $1,500, that's what it takes to get a camel. So, <laughs> <laughs> one day with the train. I love it. Yeah. I know that, that with a camel. Yeah. Um, and then also, if any volleyball players around, 
I love volleyball. Love, still love to play. Have no time. But if you love to play volleyball and you have time, um, we have a recreational volleyball league. It plays over at the Baptist Association building between Union and St. Clair. Um, the next game is February 22nd at 7.30. So um, come prepared to have some fun. So this is um, a time we like to just break and do something kind of fun. We think it's fun. You may not. You may not think it's funny at all, and that's okay. You're entitled to your opinion. Just don't share it with us. <laughs> um, this is just we we do. Um, I'm just saying, if there's something on our mind that we just wanna, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I always enjoy the day off on a snow Sunday, but very seldom enjoy the week after. Something's just off. I, you know, I always enjoy getting a day off like anybody else, but. The week after is just terrible. Um, somebody texted in for us um, that at first he just wanted to say how blessed he is, that how blessed his sister is to have him as a brother, <laughs> and how um, he made sure that he watched her when she went to school, and that um, he helped her make a connection with her husband of it doesn't say how many years, and just you know how lucky she is, and also that it's her fifty-first birthday this Friday. Chris Dolworth. Oh. Cool. <laughs> oh, Ken, Ken wanted me to mention how lucky That's that you are awesome. to have. Oh, I'm having, I'm just saying. Let's hear it. There's a lot of setup for this story, so okay. forgive me. But where I work, we have all lead walls because you can't let right. the radiation out. Right. Because of that, we don't get any radio signals. Ooh. So we use like satellite, sure. or not satellite, but internet radio right. like on our phones. Serious? Um, Pandora and yeah. iHeartRadio or things like that. So um, when I have a patient, I always ask them, can I play some music for you? And then I'll joke and say, if, you don't, if we don't like it, we'll just change it when you go to sleep. Right. <laughs> so um, last week, it was like in the middle of the night. It was like 2 in the morning or something. And, uh, you know, in the middle of the night, and this person is obviously at my work because they're in, you know, they're, right. they're they're in, in trouble. trouble. They're in trouble if we don't do something. But we're waiting for the doctor to do their, like, they're scrubbing and put on all their garb and all that. And so... You know, she's kind of awake yet, and I was like, ma'am, can I play some music for you? And Which is something you ask. It makes people yeah. comfortable. It kind of drowns out the sounds yeah. and the, you know, lingo and us the talking back and forth. Exactly. Song. <laughs> There's usually none of that. Um, and she goes, yeah, do you have any, like, classic rock, something like that? And I'm like, I can find that. So, you know, I'm going through my phone, and I, you know, plug in some classic rock for her, and the song comes on, and it's, for whom the bell tolls. <laughs> and I was like, you don't, you don't want to listen to that one, do you? Oh, <laughs> so man. I'm just saying. I thought maybe Jim Brown. No, no. I was thinking, if, you know, I'm just saying if you're laying on a table for a life-saving procedure. You don't want to hear for whom the bell tolls. Just don't pick classic rock. Maybe we have think. a policy at the clinic. The radio has to go off during euthanasias because you never know what's going to come on the radio during the mm -hmm. We left it on one time and Highway to Hell came on. Yeah. While we were See, oh. it's true. It might be superstitious, but we have a list of absolutely do not play songs Amen. like Stairway yeah. to Heaven, yeah. Spirit in the Sky. Oh, come on. Another one bites the dust. <laughs> I, got a, I got a small, I'm just saying. In true typical Wednesday night fashion, I think I had like 10 minutes. It was at least 15 uh, minutes. Well, yeah, but when I woke up, I looked, but I was like, so I do, I, I, Dr. Hooks here, he'd have a lot to talk about. And I have eight <laughs> words on the back of my list of things to do at work tonight. So that's, <laughs> that was my press. But yeah, my agent did get the memo. There I you know. go. Yep, yep, again. Um, so now we'd like to talk about some of the moral implications of uh, losing this justice and President Obama nominating a third Supreme Court justice. So uh, one of the things that I want to address real quick, th there seems to be a, a little swirling around the whole thing of um, his death itself, how, how it happened, uh, was there foul play, things of that nature. Um, and, and I, you know, I'm going to say this from both perspectives, meaning I feel like both sides feel this way. We as a nation are so divided, quote unquote, between conservatism and progressiveness, whatever you want to call it, and I'm trying to be nice on both sides, that I think any death of a high up official should be investigated, period, end of story. You know, it shouldn't be a question of whether there's going to be an autopsy uh, and the such, because now we've got questions that will never be answered. Um, but as far as 
the you know moral implications of our president nominating the replacement. I, once again, I, I'm taking the middle of the road, but I believe the middle of the road right now is being seen as ultra right-wing conservatism, and that is is that you better believe Obama has every constitutional right to name a nominee. But the same is true also that the Republican-led Senate has every right to block that. That's how it works. Constitutionally, the president nominates, but the Senate has to approve it. That, and there's a word for that. They have to yeah, confirmation. Uh, confirmation, right? They have to confirm it. Well, uh, you know, we we are at a place, and this is why it was set up this way. But we are at a place that one half of our political party believes, let's just say, A, and then the other side believes Z. They couldn't be further. You know, one side says uh, that it's a woman's right to choose. The other side says life begins at conception. That's A and Z. That's day and night. And so our system can handle that with the checks and balances. And so I do agree with the progressives, if you will, and the liberals, the Democrats, that President Obama should pick a nominee. I, I agree. But I also agree that the Republican-led Senate should not confirm any of those nominees, unless he by chance picks a Scalia type. If he picks somebody that... I'll have a heart attack. Well, yeah, we'll all have a heart attack. It's good but, business for me. So. <laughs> yeah, amen, amen. <laughs> well, so that, that's where I'm at. And there was two people. It was it, I was thinking about it, and I'm just saying, or I couldn't believe it, but this was one of the things I agreed with Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders. Donald Trump said, well, I would nominate if I was president, and then Bernie Sanders was calling out the arguments that just make me sick. It's like it's like little babies throwing a fit right now, the Republicans saying, he can't do that, he can't. If it was a Republican president, we'd be like, of course he's got to. Yeah, you bet. You know? But then Bernie Sanders says, all we're talking about is we need constitution, 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 and then we're saying, oh, he can't choose. Bernie Sanders is like, if you're pounding the constitution, the president has the power to do it. You better believe we it. Just, He's in power. We don't like that, you know? So right. it's like we have to suffer the consequences. But so does, well, we have, so does right. the Senate. We have right. The Senate, Senate has the, the power, too. Uh, the problem is, is that this Senate has never in eight years, seven years, stood up to the president. They hey, haven't. Here's a question, though. What if the person that the president chooses is qualified, but we just don't like their politics? Is it a disservice for them to deny it? Just because they don't like the politics. It's, I know it's been done. It's been right. done to us. It's been done to the conservative. Uh, Robert Bork was an excellent jurist, excellent jurist, right. and they, now it's termed aborted. You, right. you got uh, rejected by the Senate because your political leanings didn't agree with the Senate. So well, the Senate gets to choose that. So. And, and that must be brought out, too, is that, you know, you, you talk about th there's enough hypocrisy to go on both sides because yeah. the, uh, the, the Democrats have fought and fought and fought and fought any and every, and I'm talking about the last 20 George, years. George W. Bush. Yeah, uh, nominee, any nominee, nominee, they fought and fought and fought and fought, uh, and, and they filibustered. And, and President Obama was asked, you know, about his filibuster to stop uh, Sam Alito. And, and, right. and he had egg on his face. You know, you right. can watch the, uh, the interview. And he basically, his, his spokesperson basically said that he regrets that decision now. I'm but, sure he does. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it's awful convenient now yeah. to say that. But the bottom line for me is, is that both sides need to do what they do, and let's see who, let's see who sticks with it and, and, if you will, wins. Because the literal life of the nation is in the balance. I, I, I firmly believe that this now has become the most important issue in the United States of America. Because if we come to a 6-3 vote, liberal versus conservatism, it's only a matter of time before our guns are on the chopping block, life will be taken you know, less serious, so on and so forth. Um, it's it's going to be... I, I, and, you know, I mean, I hate to say this, but when we were talking about it at work, and there's probably only one other person that I work with that even cares sure. about any of this, sure. but she was saying, um, you know, Obama's just going to do what he wants. It doesn't seem to matter. And, you know, and I, the only thing I'm ashamed to say, but I was like, I almost feel like everything that is so important to me as a Christian has already been lost Trouble. over the last eight years. And I just keep thinking, how much worse can it even get? And sadly, 
It can get worse. I know. It can, it can, yeah. it can, it can get worse. The, the uh, thing that my liberal friends, and, and if you look at America when George Bush left office to now, how dark we have become uh, culturally when we can sit and watch someone eating salad and drinking, sipping wine, talking about dismembering a child and not stomp our way to Washington and say, stop this right now. This and has the, to stop. And the country. people who took the video become indicted. They're yeah. indicted. Yes. Yeah, that's and crazy. Come so far as a country. But the worst thing you can do, brothers and sisters, is to stop fighting evil. Um, let's, let's, you know, I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to die in the process, but let's die this way. I mean, if, yeah. if, if, we're, if we have to, let's continue to fight and say, if you speak truth in the face of power in, in a way that glorifies God, God backs it up. I, I, don't, I don't think you should ever back away from that. And I, I, I'm not going to share a personal experience that I've had, but I have had this ongoing debate online with this one fellow, and God, Brad and I both have, and God demonstrated to that and that guy personally what the points that we were trying to, to make. We were just speaking the truth as patiently and, a, and as c- concisely and as in a way that we, I mean, for me, sometimes I lose my patience, but I try to do it in a way that honors God. God backs it up. You don't, you don't have to do anything else. You've got to say it and then let God back it up. Um, don't stop fighting evil. That, that, you know, let's stop the war on, t- war on drugs because we're losing the war on drugs. There's a new, there's a new uh, strategy. Let's stop fighting evil. Right. Let, let, let's let, you know, let's let level evil have free hand. Th- there's no sense in that. And, and like I say, we may lose every battle and we may die in the process, but I can't leave a better way to go. Yeah. Well, if, if I could touch on that, it kind of brought me to something I wanted to say. We talked about Trump a couple weeks ago and how he's not really the, the evangelical choice, but Um, I heard today, and it kind of put me back on the Trump train, that if I can't find a candidate that matches my beliefs, that's going to be hard, you know, that matches exactly what I believe. I'm going to vote for the man that I believe is going to protect what I have, you know, and and it's like, and I think that's kind of what put me back on the Trump train a little bit. I might not agree with everything he believes, but I believe he will protect what I have and that I haven't lost yet. And so that's kind of maybe piggybacking yeah. off what you said, you know, because going after a candidate that matches you lock, stock, and barrel isn't going to happen. It's tough, yeah. Um, I suppose one other thought that I had was um, just an overall, and my husband and I talked about this after the last presidential election, is just a feeling of very little control over anything political anyway. And it's almost like, what does it matter what we think? It doesn't seem to matter what right. we vote. It doesn't <laughs> seem to matter... It just seems to just keep going in every possible yeah. opposite direction of what we want anyway. We're hurtling towards something. We don't know what it is, but we've got to get there fast. It seems like we're, we're headed in a direction as a nation that seems to be disastrous, but we can't get there fast enough. And, and most of the culture doesn't know what we're heading, what we're hurtling towards. Um, well, and this is the thing to remember, too. This isn't just the United States of America. This is the entire world. I don't know if you've kept your ear to the ground, and, and I'm just going to tell you, I, I don't believe that I am I'm not as up to speed as this guy is here, uh, Brother Gavin, and such of that nature, but, but I, I check in every day, and I try to get my finger on the pulse of what's going on, and Germany is in a mess. Russia is in a mess, and I could just keep going. England. England, England the wheels is are in off. a mess. Is that what you the, said, the wheels the, are the, off? The wheels have come off in the England. And, and most of them don't even realize it yet. Um, the, the Muslim hold in England is just about right here. And, and they don't realize it. Uh, and that's my humble opinion. And, and so, you know, now, here, y'all remember uh, Roger Bennett of the uh, Cathedral Quartet? I've read the back of the book and we win. <laughs> so it's important to keep that mentality and understanding as a Christian. Uh, but, but we are hurtling towards something uh, quickly, and it's either revival or ruin, in my humble opinion, for the United States, of, United States of America. I truly believe, I coined this phrase a few years ago, we don't always get the president we need, sometimes we get the president we deserve. And, you know, everybody that believes the way we do, if you will, from a conservative standpoint, we were scared to death of Barack Obama his policies and his viewpoints could care less about his skin colors, got nothing to do with it for me. 
because uh, I love all colored people. You know what I'm saying? Red, yellow, white, and black. They are precious in his sight. Uh, with that said, and I was well aware of his policies. I was well aware of his voting record, and that's what I was afraid of. Bernie Sanders is going to make President Obama look like a conservative. And, and all you have to do is look at his policies. He's, he's telling you straight up he's a socialist. What do socialists do? They take from the wealthy and give to the poor. That's what they do. They make everybody poor is what they do. I was about to say, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they make everybody yeah. poor. Um, penalize, penalize production success and, and give that to a block of voters that will keep you in office. Keep you in office. So there was a young lady that started uh, two or three months ago pushing this big thing, and, and Bernie's on her bandwagon, uh, free school for everyone and pay off all college debt. And she's, she's pushing for that, and she's got a movement. She's born in the wrong time. <laughs> Watch I, this. So Neil Cavuda, you're familiar with Neil Cavuda? He is a financial guru on one of the big, maybe Fox. He says, so, because this is how she's going to pay for it, the 1%. The 1% in the United States of America, the richest people in America, Bill Gates, they're going to pay for it. This is what he asked her. What are you going to do when they move from the United States of America? Which? She went pale. And <laughs> if you don't think that's already happening because our huge corporations. It's happening. I just, I'll give yeah. you one example just because I know from work. Um, Medtronic. It's a huge yeah. name. Like, they make everything. Everything that's implanted right. in somebody. I mean, they're a multi-billion dollar company. Billions and billions. They're so heavily taxed in the United States. They moved to Ireland, I want to say. It's a whole other country. Right. And they still I, operate. Is a whole other country. They operate. <laughs> it is. I know that much. I'm missing it. I know. I'm pretty sure, country. isn't it? Um, but having said that, all those taxes are going to Ireland. Ireland. I believe it's Ireland. But regardless, they're still selling and, man, you know, they're everything. We're, there's people here, I'm sure, right now that have something from Medtronic implanted in them. You know and, but that's all the money that's going to another country it's, because yeah, they're so heavily taxed. It's a trend. It's and there's, I mean, trend. tons of people are doing it. So like Medtronics will buy a company in Ireland and then they'll move their headquarters to Ireland but keep all their facilities in right, the United exactly, States. Right, exactly, and that's what they've done. their headquarters are taxed by Ireland's mm -hmm. reach. So but not States. by the United States. So the United States lost a huge right. tax base. But this is several. That's just one I know yeah. of. There's several. Well, and I heard the industries. other day, it's not un-American to take your companies overseas. No. You have an interest for your stockholders and the people in your vest to make them the most money you can do. And if you have a government taxing you and you can triple your profits, that's good business. We don't like to hear that I, sometimes. I would say that it's un-American for a political system to penalize a, exactly. a corporation right. so much that they're encouraged to go overseas. That, and that's the politicians that are making, it, they're, they're the ones that are un-American. So why not make America the best place to have a business and employ Americans? Uh, it's, it's not that hard. And that's why look at the it's tax plans of the candidates. Forget all the crazy words. Look at the tax plans. And that's what's going to affect us. So this is what she said when he asked her that. There'll always be a 1%. <laughs> So sooner or later, True. you and I will be the one percent. Boy, they're not going to like the amount they're that I have to like contribute. <laughs> I got a buck seventy-five. Right. In the yeah, yeah. Okay, time for break here. Um, I can pay in barnwood. I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, just a few other things in February. Bethel Gym Nights. If you haven't ever participated in those, we have those on Tuesday nights. It's up at Friendships Gym, um, usually around six thirty. So look into those times. And also World Mission Day is coming up at the end of the month, February 28th. We will hand out the prayer calendars on that day. Okay. Um, and we have something else we've kind of started. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but we've started it regardless. Um, I never thought I would say. And somebody actually texted in. I never thought I would say um, a woman ranger in the Army. I can... Uh, one of the, uh, uh, the, the, the fellow that is given credit for shooting Osama bin Laden uh, was asked what he thought about that. And he said, I've got absolutely no problem with it as long as they do not change the standards. If they will not lower the standards, if, if whatever woman can achieve those standards, let her in. That, that was a, I didn't expect to hear that out of a Navy SEAL, but, mm -hmm. but that's what he said. Uh, Things I thought I'd never say my January and February are becoming busier than July and August. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. That is the truth. <laughs> I never thought I'd say, this is controversial, and maybe you'll, maybe you'll quit asking me to <laughs> say anything Just at all. Just sing it. 
Um, I had my wisdom teeth pulled, and it, I have hated every minute of it. It has not been pleasant. It, it just hasn't. Um, but I never thought I'd say, oh, my gosh, look what I just dug out of the hole in my mouth. And then that wasn't enough. I had to take a picture of it and send it to my sister. How's that controversial? <laughs> I don't know. It's just gross. It's just well, it gross. is gross. But I almost should put up the picture because I did. I was like, oh, my gosh. And my husband's like, no, I don't even want to see yeah, that. That's yeah, so good. disgusting. I was like, well, I got to show somebody because this is impressive. We're oddly proud of weird things. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, is it, is it Look at this toenail, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. you, you have to be a little bit demented for, for to be in the medical field. And, I know. And I, you just find disgusting things fascinating. I know. It was like, look at the length on that. How <laughs> was it even in there? Oh, no. <laughs> is that a suture? <laughs> He's so proud of me. I think so. <laughs> I've, I've got a really long list of things I never thought I would say because get, Caleb and I have Caleb listens to Boost. I'm not a Boost fan. I, I'm <gasps> sorry. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm so surprised at that. The Hobbit <laughs> doesn't like uh, Lecrae. <laughs> I, I, I just there's some Church songs clap, where you can man. understand the words and you can understand the meaning of the word. The song. That's a song. That's overrated. I keep telling, I'm t- it's overrated. Uh, under, yeah. Hearing the words. Yeah, it's overrated. Understanding. So I keep telling overrated. Caleb that you know it's not music if you don't know what they're saying in the song. It's not music. Anyway, so we we've started this game. I'll, we'll listen to a song. And I'll tell him what I think they're saying, and he'll tell me if it's true. That's it's hilarious. Awesome. I bet it's it is. It's hilarious. Uh, that could be I, a I could, reality television One of them show. was a rapper, hardcore rapper, and I said, I thought he said, I just want a baby. I, I, I don't, it's what it sounded <laughs> like he was saying. So anyway, that, that's, I've said several things that I didn't think I would say listening to Boost with my son. Yeah, there was one, this is a year ago now, uh, if not more, but I think it's My Beat Bang. Yeah. Uh, and I, I come up with a completely different, uh-huh. yeah, and Benjamin's can like, they Dad. S- can they say that on the radio? Yeah. <laughs> on the Christians? Yeah, yeah. Apparently they can. Because we don't know what they're really saying. So. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's just what I'm hearing. Good. Nah, no, I got, didn't give you I got nothing, he says. So this third segment, this could be rough. I don't know. Um, we're, 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 we're decompressing. I know, but... Well, might be decompressing for you. <laughs> it's depressing the, for you. <laughs> the oh, topic no. is Valentine's Day. Yeah, because this would have been timely last yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So now um, if you royally messed up, yeah, we hope so, we can And there's got to be notes. some texts on this. Yeah, yeah. so this is a Valentine's hits and misses. Hits and misses. So, so what have you got? Please Ch- don't ask. And, and, and it only took me two years to, to learn this, but it did take me two years to learn this. Chocolate is always a miss. At my house. Hmm. I, can't, I can't believe yeah. it. So what's true for your home. house but, but may not true. be true for everybody's, true. though. That's I mean, you know, you, I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You've oh, been yeah. around her long enough to she know. She does not like chocolate. She does not like chocolate. Wow. She, she can eat it one. on a strawberry, chocolate-covered strawberry. Who can't? But beyond that, who can't? Uh, chocolate <laughs> bar, forget it. Payday, we're good. So, you know, I mean, I'm a typical guy. First Valentine's, I bring her some chocolates. I ate them. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which worked out yeah. famously for me. Should have called me so you did yeah. it next year too. <laughs> right, right. I did it one more year thinking this is a win. It was a miss. Now, this isn't meant to offend. Does anybody in here have a peanut allergy or a kid or child that has peanut allergy? Oh, good. No hands. Ellen, Ellen I know yes. someone. Yeah, but my wife today, she said, you know, peanut allergies affect everybody because now our kids don't bring home chocolate. And it's like, so all we got is like Skittles and little hard candies. Yeah. And Lindsay's going through the bag and I'm no going. No peanut M&M's. No chocolate because there's a peanut allergy. And I was like, oh, we need to find a cure for that. Give them a, give them a big Isn't bag that of the truth. Uh, peanut M&M's and an EpiPen. Let them go to yeah. Amen. Yeah. Really exciting Valentine's party to talk about. Yeah. So any other misses? Um, misses. Uh, you know, fails is that a better word? Fa- fails? fails is not not paying attention, uh, not paying attention oh. to what she wants. I got you. Know you. What I'm saying? And, and then just doing my thing, and I'm like ten years. Ten years ago, I should have stopped giving candy as as a gift for Valentine's because she doesn't want candy. She says flowers are good, but uh, candy's not so much. Again, um, what's true for your wife may not be true for every wife. Well, amen to that. Uh, right, but it's just a matter, out there. gentlemen, it's just a matter of paying attention your to your wife. <laughs> um, so pay attention to your wife. So, so I, I went about three years too long on candy. I got you. So. Thomas? I asked, my, I asked my friend Lee. I talk about him a lot. I said, what you getting your wife this year for Valentine's? He said, same thing I got last year. Nothing. <laughs> and I was that's like, a miss. That's good for you. But yeah, No, we celebrated Valentine's on Saturday because we were anticipating sh- Sunday church sure. and all that. And we did it up. We had a good time. 
Red Lobster gift cards from Christmas and took the kids to Toys R Us. And yeah. we always take our kids with us. That's always that kind of been a tradition. We just, it's family love, you know. But um, so Sunday, I didn't even acknowledge it was Valentine's Day. I didn't even think about it. And that was kind of a miss. Kind I, of a miss. I'm like, yeah. You kind had of... Valentine's on Saturday, the yeah, whole we, day. We did it. Yeah, yeah. So, it's over. Friday, that was, yeah, yeah. Lyle and, and Zoe. Oh, yeah, Lyle and Zoe. Well, from, I mean, a, from a woman's perspective? I would just say that if your wife says she doesn't want anything and it's not important and she's... Ignore that. Yeah, she's making that up. Oh, yeah, she's lying. I do, That's you, a setup, I do have one more miss. That's a just setup. Saying. I got her chocolate. The Reese's heart egg thing. Yeah. Delicious. I ate hers and she was pretty upset with me. Yes, <laughs> miss. Go figure that out. So here's a good question. Is Valentine's Day just you men romancing us ladies or if did you get anything for Valentine's Day? No, <laughs> simply because, and, and this is getting to the hits now, we agreed about 10 years ago that Valentine's Day for us would be a family affair. And so Dawn no longer has the expectation of me getting her something for Valentine's or vice versa. We go out so to... So you say. I was going to say, it's there. You just broke her will. So. <laughs> so be it. So be it. But we go to a very nice restaurant, and we, we all get whatever we want for this Valentine's night, and we talk about love, we talk about dating, we talk about how to treat one another and such of that nature. And she, she does as much talking as I do type thing, or has the opportunity to, and that we encourage, even though it doesn't happen all the time, we encourage the kids to ask questions and things of that nature. So we, are we on hits? Yeah, we're Is on hits. hits? Yeah, so sure. just, just tell us right, telescopes right off that one. Um, I got a, I'm on the Jimmy Evans email yes. list, and I yes. get emails. Did you get the one about the, Heaven and hell, the the hell no. in heaven. It's it's not a true to life biblical biblically accurate representation, but it's really good representation of, of marriage. So in heaven and in hell they have these great banquet tables. And everybody at these tables they're equipped with or have a, a spoon or a fork tied attached. to their arm, attached to their arm that's five feet long. And and each each hand has a, a um, utensil on it, and the people in heaven are all a huge amount happy of food in front of them, and they're happy and jovial, and everybody's healthy and getting along and laughing, because people on one side of the table are taking the food and feeding the people on the other side of the table, and they reciprocate both sides. In hell, everybody's got black eyes and they're they're skinny and gant. They can't. They keep trying to feed themselves and whacking everybody else in the face. Um, so, and they're malnourished, angry, frustrated. So the, that's a real good analogy to marriage. So it, in marriage, if you go out of your way to meet the needs of your spouse, then the, the hope and the faith is that they'll reciprocate. So that was a really good analogy. That's very good. Uh, Jimmy Evans is, if, and, and I've had people, my marriage is fine, you know. <laughs> and then the, what they don't know is two well, weeks earlier their wife you, came you, to me. It's not fine. <laughs> you'll have some aha moments. Right, in, right. In anything he says. And, and, and that's the point is, is that, guys, even if your marriage is wonderful, you could use a tune-up always. Uh, Jimmy Evans is great to go to. Just Google it. It'll come right up. We didn't answer your question. In my most humble opinion, I think it would be good for both sides to do something for the other, you know. But I think, I think traditionally that is the idea in Valentine's Day is for the husband to romance the wife. I, I do. But I'm, I'm open to... I got flowers once. We were talking about this. Uh, I told Lindsay, I had a girlfriend send me flowers one time. and ugh. Yeah. No. No, please <laughs> keep them. Yeah, it's unflattering. Somebody texted in that she got a chair instead of flowers for Valentine's Day. And I said, was that a hit or a miss? Just curious. Cause you, yeah. You don't know. Was it, it a hit? It was a hit. Big hit. So. Like a so recliner? It, again, I don't that know. is always in order. A recliner is always in order. It didn't specify. But I, I, I'll tell you. Could have been a nice rocking just pay chair. Attention. I don't know. Yeah. And, and you, you started this a while back. I, I, I'll give credit to the first person that I actually heard it from was Lee Henson. And then, yes. then you. Um, is Pay attention all year long. So yeah. when your wife is at an antique store, and was she it goes, you that... Ooh. Yeah. Was it you that got the rocker for her or was it Lee? Lee so it was either Lee or you Lee. that bought a... Bought a rocker Not, because... You didn't get my wife a rocker. Correct, correct. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified because I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. He got his wife a rocker that she had noticed at an antique place, and he was a huge hit. Right. Uh, he, he was the man for a long time. And then you did something, too, and I can't remember what it was. That Ice you got, machine. 
that Don wanted. While I was in the hospital, she wore out the ice machine on that floor. And uh, so when we got, you know, better, that Christmas I got her an ice machine. Just by paying paying attention, getting something that they Oh, I thought you were writing stuff down for a second there, Tom. Oh, Oh, yeah, ice machine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude. Um, Well, there was something. It hit a cord and it's gone now. Maybe it'll come back. We're about out of time. Well, we were talking about family traditions for Valentine's Day, and you mentioned yours. Do you have a family tradition? Oh, the, or? the, the chair thing. This, this is just a, a, f- a funny note, um, and I kind of got this from Brad years ago talking about how when his boys get their first car, what he's going to do to their first car because of what they've done to his. Well, <laughs> when my boys buy a brand-new recliner, <laughs> if I still have the M- the ability, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm going to take three <laughs> steps and launch <laughs> and just fall into that recliner and just let what happens happen. Because that's I how they do that, that my is. recliner. Yep. And they, they're still able. They'll get out of the recliner without putting it back. You ever tried to get into a recliner that's like this? <laughs> you got to launch. I know, I know. <laughs> if I launch on furniture, it's going to go... I have my best friend. I, I pretty much lived at her house in high school for four solid years. I pretty much just, you know, wore out my welcome there. But her dad used to always yell at us, girls, you know, I can't wait someday when you have your own houses. I'm going to leave wet towels on the floor, and I'm going to leave the door wide open in the summertime and just let all the air conditioning out. And so at his retirement party, they had, you know, if somebody wanted to say something. And I was like, well, John, you always said that someday when we had our own houses, you wanted to leave wet towels all over the floor. And so maybe now that you're retired and you have more time, you, hey, can, you can come, come over. over and do that. I love it. Yeah, uh, Rich Hoff will give a, a rose to the living. Uh, Rich cared deeply about this church. And any time he walked in and those, all four of those doors, he, we'd get a chewing out. <laughs> We're air conditioning the world. <laughs> no, Rich, no, we just left them just open. Dollar bills going That's out. That's right. There. Dollar bills going out the window. How much... Uh, time do we have? We We're have out. five. Are we? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, five go ahead. minutes. I was going to say, could I quickly share um, what happened to me with my friend Adrian? Sure. Um, I shared, it was two or three weeks ago when we did the segment on witnessing to people at work. Um, I shared my crew, and I remember I, we had the picture up there. I had, uh, and one of my friends, a black man named Adrian Washington, um, he'd been in out of prison when he was young and whatnot, and uh, but he was trying to change his inner city life. And I talked about witnessing him, the hardest I ever had. We had tear-filled conversations on the roof, you know, of a, a skyscraper as we're building it. And I just wanted to encourage you guys that to keep doing it for a simple reason. I found out, and if you looked at STL Today, um, just the other day, he was on the front page of STL Today for armed robbery and murder. That's insane. I was hugging this man a month ago, preaching the gospel of Jesus. And he got caught up in a bad heroin deal in the inner city and murdered a man and shot another man. The only good I can see come out of it is he's going to prison and hopefully he might be able to witness to others that he had a chance and maybe steer somebody else. And I'm going to try to go visit him in prison, but that's insane. You know, a man that you're witnessing can do something like that. And uh, it, it, it rocked my world. I've never had that happen. Was he the one that had the different colored skin? Yeah, vitiligo. And um, you can go on there right now, STL Today, and it says St. Louis man charged with armed robbery and murder. So hmm. did he receive Christ? Pray to receive Christ? Uh, he, he didn't tell me out, outward, but um, when I was talking to him how to be saved, he started crying and he stopped and he's like, I just, I understand. I just, you know, and so yeah. he, he didn't do that, but I know there was tons of seeds Conviction planted. Amen. But, and then it, then it makes you question yourself. Here, how can you share with somebody? Right. And then less than 30 days later. Yeah. Had, he, had he already quit his job? Um, he was laid off. Yeah, because he had a moderate downward spiral in, in our career field. You can only coddle so much. Right. You can only, you know, protect them so much. And I said, buddy, you know. And when I handed him his last check, I gave him a hug. I said, God bless you, man. Keep your nose clean. Right. And he's, he was calling us and everything. And we didn't hear from him for about two weeks. And mm-hmm. then you see him on. I got a call. Hey, is Adrian on your crew? I said, no. Why? I said, look at the newspaper. Mm-hmm. There he was. Mm-hmm. You know, so I guess credit to Jesus Christ. I got to witness to a man Amen. that committed a murder. Amen. You know, so it's like it's insane. But don't quit. You never know where that's yeah. going to go. Yeah. So, but just shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Please pray for the Caleb Davis family. Uh, Brother Brad preached uh, Caleb's funeral today and uh, preached to a lot of 
folks that need Jesus. And uh, just pray for them. I can't imagine what they're going through. Uh, but Brad did an excellent job. Uh, Brad uh, represented Christ in this church very well. And um, he, uh, he shared the gospel with them. So please pray for that family and, and those seeds. Amen. Amen. And our country and our Supreme Court. And our Court. country <laughs> and our Supreme Court. Yeah. Amen. And guys, listen. We, we are very, what's the word, committed and convicted about what we believe. But we are not closed to conversation. Amen. If, if you disagree, let's sit down and talk. Yeah. Let, let, let's have an opportunity. Uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say, and I hope you would listen to, to what I would have to say to it. Because good people differ. Good people differ. And, and, and that's okay. This is still America. <laughs> and and, and, and uh, as, de- as, I don't want to say depressed, but as discouraged as I get uh, from time to time, and where we are as a country, I'm comforted that God is still God. You look and read the the whole che- the two books of First and Second Kings. Israel was in the same place, and God, in His mercy, brought revival to to those countries at different times um, through different leaders. And God can do the same thing for us. We need to keep praying for that. Keep praying for God to pour out His Spirit on us and move move in this country like He hasn't had before. Um, only He can do it. Eighty percent of churches in America are under 200. Eighty percent. If those churches catch fire, we could see revival in the United States again. I believe that with all my heart. And we can't control the other churches. We can only, if you will, control what happens here. And so, you know, the, the proverbial saying, let's draw a circle around our feet and say, Lord, start with us. Start with us. Um, I read this today, and this, this fellow that had this experience, and reminds me of Tom's friend. A police officer stopped a man. He was homeless, and he was, at current, he was on drugs. And he, the man asked for a Bible. The officer got into his trunk. He usually keeps Bibles in his trunk, and he was out. And so he gave him his. Wow. He really didn't want to, but he gave him his personal Bible. Six months later, that man found him and said, you changed my life by giving me this Bible. I got cleaned up. I got back with my family. I've got a job. He since has died, but he died knowing Christ because that police officer gave him a Bible. Good stuff. God bless you guys.